Father. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Praise God. How are y'all today? Yeah. Y'all getting me today. That's good, isn't it? Glorious God. Come on up, sweetheart. You want to sit right there? That's your spot, right? Don't mess with your spot. I mean, she's she's claimed that chair. Don't know. She, I bet her name's on the back of it. <laughs> Praise God. Let's pray. Father, in the name of Jesus, I thank you, Lord. I glorify your name, Lord. I thank you, Lord, that everything is said today, God, will be edifying. Lord, that no corruptible word comes forth. Only what brings edification and faith to the hearer. And Lord, that's what we're going to be talking about tonight. Your faith. God, I thank you and praise you. Everybody said, amen, amen. Carl, keep me accountable to time. Of course, y'all don't have to worry about that with me too much. I say what I got to say and I get out of Dodge. <laughs> I know. Sometimes it gets a little long. I'm a little bit loud, guys. You want to bring me down just a little bit? Praise God. I want to talk about faith tonight. We talked about this is, the, I'm talking about the character building faith. So if, um, Sharice, if you can give me Hebrews 11.6. Hebrews 11.6. But without faith, it is impossible to please him. For he who comes to God must believe that he is. Is what? You know, first of all, let me let me explain something to you. You know, when you take scripture and you start asking questions in the scripture, what you will learn? It is amazing to me how God has taught me that. Just to start asking questions in the scripture. Okay, to believe that He is what? Who is God? I am. That's what I wanted to hear. I am the creator of heavens and earth and everything that was made was made by I am. Amen. And that he is a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. What's that mean? Diligently seek him. Uh, that we do you own it tonight, girl. Me, me and you were going to be on key all night long. Go after God. The mindset of faith is not like what we've experienced before. It is a kingdom mindset of total dependency. Total dependency. Now, let me read this. Faith is the only means by which we can please God and the only path that leads us. I love this. This is so good. Total dependency on our heavenly father. Thus, human, human beings having two ways to live on earth. We can live by sight or we can live by faith, right? Now, I love this because as I begin to study this a little bit, when it says totally dependent upon my heavenly father, the Lord said, this is the kind of faith that relieves you of all responsibility. Isn't that amazing? It relieves you of responsibility. And I'll give you an example. My kids 
And your kids, everybody's got kids in here, but you, Kendrick, right? Okay, so, but you get, you're going to get it. Sharice don't have kids back there, but she's going to have three, three, three soon. It's three, yeah. Wow, I don't know where that came from. Anyway, <laughs> anyway, if your child comes to you and says, Mama, I'm hungry. Daddy, I'm hungry. What happens? You feed it. If it says, I'm thirsty, you feed it. I'm cold, you give it a coat. I don't feel good, Daddy. Come here, let me give you an aspirin. In other words, that child is in a point of total dependency upon you. And God wants the same relationship. He said, unless I become as a little child, I can't enter the kingdom. I've got to become exactly like our kids do. And I used to I used to have this thing, man. I used to have a, a really big expedition. That's a bigger, bigger, bigger SUV. And I ordered it special. I bought it brand new and it had two captain's chairs in the back. In other words, it was a space. Because when Danae and Christian were small, they were, stop touching me. Stop it. You know, and I couldn't take it anymore. So I ordered a truck with captain's chairs. So there was separation there. Right. So one was on one side and one was on the other. And it was a constant thing. And I'm, we made a joke about it that we have lived all. Th- this is when they were really small. And Danae's 26 and Christian's 23. So they were really small at the time. And it was like, I said, you two are a constant, constant thing. What do you mean, daddy? I want. I need, I'm hungry, I'm thirsty. We did that, we we did that playing, right? And it stuck with us, we all joke about it now. You know, but um, kids can be demanding, right? But our faith in God has to be just like our kids' dependency upon us. It is a mindset that no, I am no longer responsible. And that doesn't mean that you don't that you don't do the things you're supposed to do. See, without faith, it's impossible to please God. So therefore, I have to put legs in action to go to do what I need to do. See, without the faith, without the action, everything with God is an action. Everything. So if I'm not acting, my faith is. Come on, Kendrick. Oh, oh, I heard it in the back back there. Dead. What is dead faith going to get you? Nothing. It becomes polluted. I'm high one moment. I'm thinking I'm claiming scripture and thing, believing God. And then out of my mouth is coming everything because I walk in faith for a second. Then I'm walking by sight for a second. Faith becomes polluted and nothing ever happens and you are a frustrated, miserable Christian. Right? Right. So it's the mindset of total dependency. Hey man, I'm learning this too. I am learning this too. A total dependency upon Him for everything. Yes, I I earn money to pay my bills, but you know what? How many times have you been short on money? Total dependency. Daddy, I, 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 I want, I need, right? But I'm not whining and crying to him. I said, I know that you are faithful. 
You're going to do what you said. You will accomplish what you told me that you will do. And I'm going to have that mindset and not waver from it. Amen? Okay, great. As Gene said, that was my introduction. Now I'm going to be there. Guns are fixing to go to blazing. You're going to have fun. Right. We, so many times, we walk by sight. And you know what? It takes time. Don't be hard on yourself. Man, the most advanced, mature Christian sometimes is going to have something thrown at him. And, you know, for a moment, but I'm going to give you this one thing. I want you to go to Matthew 14, 28 through 32. It's possible, Sharice, can I have it all at one time, please? Don't be guided by sight and what your senses tell you. What are my senses? What I hear, what I see, what I taste, what I feel. That's my senses. Now, a little history here. And you guys feel free to chime in anytime now, so we're not. The disciples are out in the middle of uh, in the little middle of the lake, and there's a big bad storm there, and all of a sudden Jesus comes walking on the water. Right? He's walking on the water. They freak out thinking there's a ghost. And they all cry out, and Jesus says, Hey, fear not, for it's me. Now. And Peter answered and said, Lord. If it's you, command me to come to you on the water. So he said, what? Come. Hold on a second. You hear me now? All right. He said, come. Now, hold on. Right now, Peter's faith is on Mount Sinai. Let me tell you, it's out there. It's out there. Nobody else got out of the boat. There was 12 of them in the boat. He's the only one that got out of the boat, right? So his faith is exceptionally high. And he's, Jesus said, come. He was obedient. He stepped out and he began to what? Walk on water. Now let me ask you, have you ever walked on water? You know, it really isn't that big a deal. <laughs> it isn't. You know what has to happen for you to walk on water? No. Gravity has to release you. Gravity, that's it, has to release you and you can walk on water. It becomes a solid. And when Peter had come down out of the boat, he walked on the water to go to Jesus. But when he, uh-oh, uh-oh, he's now in faith, out of the boat, walking in the water. But when he saw something happened, he stepped back out of faith, back into the natural of what he could see, smell, hear, touch, or taste. You with me? He, but when he saw that the wind was boisterous. Now see, this is, this is just amazing to me. And when he was afraid, he was afraid and began to sink and cried out saying, Lord, save me. Now, here, this is what's amazing to me. If God in flesh is standing there on the water, on the water, 
and you step out. See, his eyes was on Jesus when he stepped out of that boat. He was staring straight at Jesus. He wasn't wavering of what was going on, or the opposition that surrounded him. What was the waves? Opposition. What was the rain? Lightning, the wind, the thunder, all opposition. But his eyes was fixed on Jesus this entire time. It was only when he transcended or excuse me, transitioned from faith back into the natural that he began to sink. This whole time, Jesus is standing right there and he cried and said, Lord, save me. And Jesus said, dude, really? I'm standing right here. I'm still standing on the water. Now, I'm trying to put this in a perspective, maybe where we, where we get this, because Jesus is... Standing right there. In all of our instances of our life situation and circumstances, Jesus is standing right there. He hasn't moved. Who moved in this situation? Peter moved. Peter moved. Jesus didn't move. Peter did. And Jesus reached down, stretched out his hand, and caught him and said to him, Oh, ye of little faith. Didn't you see me standing right here? Didn't I ask you to come to me? Do you think I'd let you drown? Isn't that good? Yeah. Jesus doesn't move. Get the kingdom mindset. It's a mindset. God's got my back. Now, what in this, your responsibility is to keep Faith in action, moving towards God, not, not wavering, not doubting, staying in your column, staying in your column, and obedience. Somebody spell it for me. O-B-E-D-I-E-N-C-E. -E -E. Did I get that right, Wita? I practiced that. Now I know how Aretha Franklin learned that song. R-E-S-B-C. Just had to have a moment there, just for a second. Just for a moment, I had to have... I like to keep people laughing, right? Amen. Stand firm. Stay in faith. It doesn't matter if the waves are coming. It doesn't matter if the wind's blowing. Stay right there because Jesus hadn't moved. He said, I'm the same today, yesterday, and forevermore. I will not move nor change. Amen? All right. Yes. Oh, oh. One, two, one, two. God is so merciful. Even though Peter did sink, Jesus still saved him. And then he walked back on that water again, back to the boat. So he walked back on the water again. That's awesome. Yeah, even though Peter sunk, he said, save me, and Jesus saved him. And then he walked back to the boat on the water. So thank God for his mercy. So we can sometimes get tempted and sink, but then just call on his name. Well, and you walk back. I'm so glad you brought that point up because the very thing that I forgot to bring up in this is even though our Peter's faith faltered, Jesus said, I'm right here. Let me pull you out. I got you. I, what happened? Peter cried out to God, to Jesus. And Jesus said, I got you. I got you. Even when the faith faltered. 
The Lord knows. He knows it takes time. It takes time. Now, what builds this faith in us? What builds the mindset to be so dependent, see, to become as a child, not wavering? Because, see, if I'm being thrown around by the waves, I'm being double-minded. Remember, once I step out of faith into the natural, the senses, I'm double-minded. And you're not going to get anything from God. You know the word. Double-minded mind's not going to receive anything, right? So what's that question? What, what causes our faith to advance? Staying in the word. What else? I mean, come on. That's the answer to everything here. Worship. Worship. Intimacy with the Father. Meditation. Man, if there's something going on, begin to meditate. What does the word say about it? And I begin to meditate on that word. And after a while, that word starts piercing in my spirit. And it moves from my spirit on up into my intellect. And now I'm becoming that word. And once I become that word, I won't move from it. I won't move positions. I won't step back into the senses because I've become that word and I've joined hands now with Jesus standing on the water, not wavering, not moving. That's it. Oh my goodness. Now here, here's the thing. Faith is not something that's magical. If living by faith is not a lifestyle for you, it will fail you when you need it the most. It is not a device that can be turned on and off at will. Living by faith means to be aware at all times that it means which we receive our daily sustenance and the petitions of your heart. Isn't that good? And I love the next thing. Faith is not an emergency kit. It's not an emergency kit. How many times have we done this growing up in the church? Oh, God, look what's happened now. Look what's going on now. And all of a sudden, you have a couple of verses that you've studied throughout your life, and you start quoting them like crazy, spitting the word out, spitting the word out. But you haven't been living that lifestyle with the mindset. You just want to cry out to God now because you need him. There hasn't been intimacy with him. There hasn't been the worship with him and the study in the word. But you love God, but you haven't done the things that you needed to do in order to get my faith, my mindset without blinders, straightforwardly focused upon him. And now that the storm has hit, all I want to do is cry out to God. Now I got faith. Oh, I got it now. God's going to deliver me. And then all hell breaks loose. And then you're set up for another big disappointment. Faith is not an emergency kit. That's the biggest thing I got out of this whole lesson as I was studying this. It's a lifestyle. When I walk in the door in the morning, wherever I'm going, it's a lifestyle. He's going before me and there's angels walking behind me. There's something out before me. There's something on my right flank and my left flank going with me, with me, with me. Everybody I talked to, every lifestyle. I met with a woman today. It was the most amazing thing to do an estimate. And her child, we're having to build a handicapped shower. 
for her child because her child has multiple sclerosis. And the child, it, the, the fact that she's even alive is such an amazing. And this is a pastor's wife. She began to tell me this story and she began to weep and I was wiping tears too. And I could just feel it and God just overwhelmed me. It come out, I said, I got to tell you something. I said, I'm here, to, I'm here to, to, to meet your need here, but oh, there's something else going on. I said, I want to meet this child. I said, something else is happening here in the spirit. I said, God has not brought this child that you said would live to be past two years old to age 13. God has got a reason for this child being here today. And I said, and by faith, I said, in the atmosphere, begin to, the pastor's wife, I said, begin to speak out of your mouth and put it into the atmosphere that this child is going to be completely whole in Jesus name the medical community according to her is already perplexed they've written up articles about her and not only is it fascinating she has a twin perfectly normal she was literally born with the whole back of her skull not there and there was a bit that she showed me the pictures. And I'm telling you, I'm standing there and I could feel God so strong in this in this conversation. And I mean, my, I was thinking, I wish this child was here. If she was here, I'd say, bring me some oil. Bring me some olive oil right now. Because to, just to move in it. And she started, she said, man, this, she said, I, I, I feel it. This, I, 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 I get what you're saying. And I said, let me tell you something. I said, nobody knows. Nobody knows what a mother goes through with a child. Yes, as a father, we love our kids. But that, that little child come from your body. The love and the connection is different. I said, there's a purpose. I mean, I'm telling you what I was almost prophesying. There's a purpose. There's a purpose for this child. And before it was over, she said, I want you to meet her. I said, I'm going to meet her. I'm going to meet her. I walked out of there going, God, what a what an appointment. I went in to give an estimate and I came out feeling stronger than I did when I went in. Walk by faith, not by sight. See the impossible in everything coming true. When I see every situation and every circumstance, even the things that look bleak, hey, he said, I'm going to get into this in a minute. Abraham said to God, is anything, is anything too hard for me? Sonship's different when I do it because I'm more preaching than I am teaching. I feel like she was going to say, don't start that foolishness. Just keep doing what you're doing. Just keep doing what you're doing. This is the only way it comes out of me. I'm sorry. Is anything too hard? For God. You know who limits God? Oh, somebody say it again. We do. We do. I kept... She, today, it, it was just so amazing. The things that she said. And this was what was really amazing. There was a Chinese doctor that flew in. And he mathematically took this child's skull apart wired and formed and the skull infused itself and grew back together he got there now I mean, this is god this is god he got there and she said the mathematical equations 
he was using. It was this story is so amazing that when he got there to do it, he she went, he wasn't happy. Something was off. And he spent several hours getting the equations right for the team to get in. And she said his team were our our people were completely perplexed and blown away what this man did. Can you imagine taking the skull apart and putting it back together where it's going to fuse and grow together? I'm telling you what, and this mother did not know me. She had never met me. And she's tearing up telling me this story. And you know me. <laughs> but I told her, I said, I want to meet this child. There's a reason and a purpose. This child, I said, can you imagine? I said, she said, Carrie, she said, throughout everything, me and my husband have had to be dependent upon God for everything. She said, do you know how much it is cost for special tutors for her? And all, all the special um, teachers that they've had, I'm talking thousands and thousands and thousands of dollars. And she said, when we had come to our wits end, it was amazing, Carrie. Money just started coming from everywhere. We couldn't understand it, couldn't figure it out. And I said, oh, listen to me, because it started coming out of my spirit. I said, get ready, get ready, get ready, because you're going to come to a point where you're not going to need them anymore. I said, because when God finishes what he started here I said the medical community is going to go we really got to write an article now I said everybody that has known this child will be touched by this child it's going to come to pass I'm telling you it was so thick in me and I said you know who it's going to start with she said who I said you I said you start telling her to say it I said, you start saying it. I said, because by confession of your mouth, it will be done unto you. Put it into the atmosphere for whatsoever we sow, that is what we will reap. Amen. Your words can pollute your faith. If I'm standing with God, then keep your mouth shut. Don't matter how you feel. It don't matter what you see, what you hear. Keep your mouth shut. Because in a moment of your weakness, you could undo everything you've been doing for three, four weeks, maybe longer, by your mouth. Don't cut God off. Don't put the division there by your words. Bite your tongue. Make it bleed if you got to. Amen? Praise God. Faith is not an emergency kit. Faith is also right now. It's not in the sweet by and by. Man, what if, I, if you sick, if you sick right now, something's going on in your body, Faith is right now. Father, I believe that by your stripes I was healed. I was healed. Maybe the manifestation, you don't feel it right this second, but it was done right then, the moment you said it, because Jesus is standing right here. He's not moving. 
we have to move to, to not be healed. He's still standing right there. Faith is now. Not in a sweet by and by. Have the mindset. He's going to do what he said he's going to do. I'm doing this because I'm picturing a, a, a horse with a, that's pulling a carriage or a mule that plows. They put blinders on them. So they can, if they turn there, all they can do is see this right here. That peripheral vision right there is all they can see. They can't see what's going on over here or over there. They're going straight forward. I'm keeping my eyes on the prize, not moving from it. Amen? My goodness. What's my time, guys? 6.36? You mean I've been yapping for 30 minutes? Wow. Got another hour to go. <laughs> you know, didn't you always have... <laughs> I am not Lee. I know when to be quiet. No, I shouldn't say that. Lee does too. Don't you love it? Don't you? I used to hate this in church. And Gene does it too sometimes too. All right. I'm not going to preach long. Hour and 45 minutes later, this dude's still just writhing, you know, and I'm, I left him, you know, 45 minutes ago. I'm done with you, dude. You lied to me. You said you was, uh, you know, not long. I'm done. I'm done. You know, I, I think God can get a message out quickly. I do believe that. I do believe there's times that we take teaching because we need that teaching and that sometimes that teaching is extended and we need to receive it. But I'm telling you what, Jesus, when he spoke, something happened. I totally lost my train of thought there for a second. I want to tell you, I got to get into this story. This is just too good because I love this story about Abraham and Sarah. This is it. But you know what? So we all know the story. Abraham and Sarah. You know the story? You know, he's slept with his handmaiden, had Ishmael. Colossal mistake. We're still paying for that mistake today. 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 Ishmael, that's a whole nother teaching. Wow. He's still mad. He's still mad. That's why they're cutting the heads off of people. Do you know that Ishmael founded Mecca, the most holy site of the Muslim faith. Did you know that? Ishmael founded Mecca. Strong stuff. So that mistake, what did Abraham do? He stepped over here. He wasn't in faith. He thought the only thing. But God said, hey, you're going to have a child. Abraham laughed. You gonna have a? I'm gonna have a child. Hey, I'm a hundred years old, man. You know what I'm saying? You know, you know things ain't happening like they used to happen, right? God said, "Is anything too hard for me?" God knows sometimes we need help. So what does He do? He sends three angels down, comes to the tent. Abraham, Abraham recognized, it's a funny thing, when deity shows up, 
you recognize it. Nobody's got to tell you who's in the house. When somebody with more authority gets around you, nobody has to tell you that they got more authority. You know it. And he began to run to minister to them. Whatever they wanted. Let me take your shoes. Let me get you some food. He goes, I'm just, I'm just going to tell you again. This time next year. This time next year. You're going to have a child. And you're going to name him. You're going to name him Isaac. Now, Sarah's in the tent. She's listening. Going. <coughs> Now the word said she laughed at herself and then, and then God said, hey, why is she laughing? Is anything too hard for me? Why is she laughing? This is what I love. See, now the word has come in flesh to where he could see the word speaking to him, right? Abraham's over here somewhere. I went ahead, Ishmael, and that's a mess. Let me cry out to God. I'm drowning. Right? So now Abraham steps back in because God has said to him, I can do it all. And all of a sudden, that word now that was spoken to him, oh, I love this. It started. What's that word? Germinating. Thank you. I was trying to say gestating. Germinating. It started <laughs> building in him and building in him because of what was spoken. And after a while, Abraham went, hmm, hmm, hmm. Now he's meditated long enough that all of a sudden he starts believing it because he's become it. I'm going to make you the father of many nations. It's going to happen. And at a hundred years old, Abraham begins to stand up a little straighter. He begins to cock his shoulders back just a little bit. He's going to go, where's Sarah at? Where's the tent? So now there's a tent. And he goes into the tent. And I love this because he started worrying that old woman to pieces. You understand me? There was a promise that was put forth and he was going to accomplish what God said he would do. And he stuck with Sarah and stuck with Sarah. And I'm, I can imagine he come back a couple of weeks later. Sarah, you pregnant? Nope. Close the doors of the tent. Here we go again. I'm going to exercise some faith because God says you're going to have a child. And we, we may have to practice a while, but we're going to get it done. Couple weeks later, the same thing. Are you pregnant yet? No. Shut the doors of the tent. I'm going somewhere. I know this is silly, but I'm going somewhere with this. Shut the doors of your tent. He come back in and he gets with Sarah again, and they whatever. So here's what comes next. All of a sudden, he a little while later, he comes back to the tent. He comes back to the tent. Sarah. She goes, Abraham. I'm pregnant. Can you imagine the rejoicing that went on in that tent at that moment? Because what God said, He performed. But there's something that happened that is so profound because 
He went back into the tent. He walked in faith back into the tent towards what God had spoken to him. You can't make up stuff and start claiming it. It's when God speaks to you. And then I begin to hold on to this word. And it let it generate in me. And let me become it. He became the word. But see, it was affecting Sarah at the whole time because she could see his passion on it. And just as worship begets worship faith begets faith you need some faith there's an old saying if you get around people with this rich people you'll become rich if you want to do what the rich people do get a if your faith is getting low get around somebody with some faith start listening to what they're speaking start doing what they're doing then it's gonna that thing got in sarah she began to start receiving this word because his passion on it was so great. But here's the thing I want to say. I got to go in my tent and I got to shut the door of the tent. Whatever the situation and the circumstance would be, it's my lifestyle now. And my lifestyle is when my tent is closed and it's going to be, oh God, I heard you and I'm walking towards what you asked me to do. Amen? I walk towards it with everything I am. Oh, come on, guys. This is good. This is good. I'm, I'm tired of seeing defeated people. I've had to walk through, been, you know, in your darkest place, in your darkest hour, in your most narrow place. That you felt like I can't get through there. Jesus is still standing right here. He has not moved. Have the mindset. He has not moved. He said he would never leave me nor forsake me. He will be with me till when? The end. Amen. What are we doing in our tent? Are we producing faith? Or fodder? I gotta calm down a second. A little worked up. Kendrick, will you see if my water bottle's back there on that back thing, please? It's a green bottle. Any comments? Come on, interject, man. It's not me, just not on me. Questions? Comments? You don't see it? Okay, it's all right. Thank God for the Holy Spirit you can you carry. Um I don't know if anyone has ever pondered this thought. Um, how Sarah had misled Abraham to go to her handmaiden, you know, hey guy. Mm -hmm. And then Eve also misled Adam. So yes. God's men missed it, you know. But then God in all of his mercy still continued, you know, because his seed had to been planted, yeah. you know. And um, so thank God for his mercy. And then you kept saying, you know, Jesus never moved. And then going back to Hebrews eleven six, it is because he is. I am. Yeah, he is the I am. So he doesn't move. Amen. Absolutely. Man, I tell you, if we can. You did your mom and daddy ever tell you if you tell a lie long enough you believe it's the truth? You ever heard that saying? You know, if you keep confessing the word, oh, bless you, brother. 
If you confess the word long enough, it gets in you and you start believing it. And it's not a lie, but it's just like whatsoever a man thinketh in his heart, so is he. It just starts to manifest. You know, today when I was listening to that woman, it was manifesting. I could feel his healing virtue. And I was going, I'm looking at the picture of this child going, oh God, I wish she was here. Wish I could lay my hands on her right now. It was that thick. Yes, ma'am. Give me a microphone. Mm-hmm. Actually, Carrie, you didn't have to lay your hands on. You had already spoken it we, in the we atmosphere. Did. We did. So we did. you had it was already out there. Yeah, you just have to understand the office of an evangelist. He wants to touch people. <laughs> yeah. You got it. <laughs> you know. You, God sent you there. Yes. It was already out there. Mm -hmm. So you didn't ha you had her picture, you already spoke it into the atmosphere. So God is already germinating it. I, you know it, the most beautiful thing is that mom goes, "I feel this." She never laid eyes on me. I said, "I know your her husband's a, a pastor over one of the pastors over at, at uh, uh, Savannah Christian, whatever it is called now, but." And I, and I recognized his face when I saw the pictures. I didn't know him personally, and I never recognized her and never seen her. But I'm going to tell you something. Standing there talking to her, it was like we had been friends for 25 years. It was such a there was such a drawing in the spirit, and I could tell even without it being said, she was feeling the exact same thing I was feeling. Your faith made her whole. Yeah, one spirit, one spirit, one spirit. I watch so many people in this ministry that are being delivered from stuff. And it just it just feels monumental sometimes to them. And they just, they just can't get it, but they don't quit. They just keep pushing. They'll listen, they'll listen to teaching. They'll listen to me rant and rave or Lee teach for an hour and a half, whatever it takes. Gene, Gene comes up there and blow, it really blows her mind. And you know, something just keeps pulling. And what is that? That is that measure of faith that God has given them to don't let go. Because coming through and being sanctified is not pleasant, not easy. Oh, can I be a witness to that? So you don't understand, you know, for the first four years I was here, they used me as the whipping post. Don't get around him. He's got leprosy. Stay away from him. He's messed up. I was. I was. But you know what? God got a hold in me. He wouldn't let go. And he, every time I thought I just, I couldn't take it anymore, there was another level of him that would come on and would pull me and pull me right on into faith. Pulls me right on in. Just when we get, what I say a second ago, in uh, your your darkest hour, and I like this, that most narrow place. Where's the narrow place? Come on. Y'all been in this ministry long enough. Somebody tell me where the narrow place is. Somebody said the doorway of change. <clears throat> That's correct. The narrow place 
is right here. Where it bottlenecks when you being pressed so hard to come into your promise. That narrow place. Keep pushing. Don't give up. Or nothing. Or nobody. No woman, no man. Amen? Any questions? Any more questions? No? I have a question in the back. This is not really on topic, but I can probably pull it in. Since we are still in the death season, and I know, like, me and, like, some of my friends, like, we just really been feeling that pressure and mm -hmm. at moments losing faith. But it just seems like, well, how can we keep the faith going into the burial season? And can you define exactly what that is? Define what The burial is. season. Well, After the death first off, you got to die. And when you've died to it, to whatever that issue is or whatever that thing is that's holding you back, then the next thing that comes, see, just because you died to it doesn't mean the enemy gives up. He wants to come back as quickly as he can and plant that seed right back in you to get you to, to forfeit everything that you've accomplished to go back right like the dog that returns to his vomit. That's the place he wants you in, the vomit. That's the best way I can describe that. That gives you a visual, and that's what he is. But in the burial season is when that temptation comes, and you go, no, I've been there, done that. Got the T-shirt, don't want to go back. I ain't doing that no more. And once you reject him, oh, my God. Grace is going to come upon you. And the next time the temptation comes, you won't even feel it. And you know it then. Then you know it's been buried. I'll give you an example of that. <clears throat> I walked into a Walmart, another one of my Walmart stories, but this was years ago. And it was, um, I was just being attacked. By sexual perversion. It was horrible. I mean it was like. The enemy was just setting up. Every woman he could set up for me. I'm going like. Even women. I wouldn't even find attractive. It was like. It was so. Heavy. Upon me. Till I went. You know. I don't even need to be here. I'm out of here. Couldn't take it anymore. It was that forceful. You see, God was pulling something out. I've never been unfaithful. Never. But see, if he could have got a seed, if he could get the seed, but you know what I said when I was walking out the door? My body was not created for sexual immorality. My body was created for the Lord and the Lord for the body. I was created to worship him and he was cre and I was created to fulfill the purpose in which he has called me for. And you know what? I had to do that a couple of times. That thing left because I now I have no agreement with it. No agreement with it. Then it's buried. 
You get it? Oh, I got a question. Turn on. Not a question, but just a supporting um, statement to what you were sharing. Now, when you were in Walmart those years ago, those things come, whether it be familiar spirits or the enemy trying to come and see if he can creep in and try to let your mind concentrate or focus on those thoughts of deception. But what I appreciate is when you said, you know, the several women kept popping up or whatever, then you made the determination. You didn't wait till you felt it. You made a decision That's right. to say, oh, no, ain't got to be here. I'm gone. So that tells us just because, you know, instances or ideals come, that doesn't mean you're not praying. That doesn't mean you're not trying to live acceptable unto the Lord. What you have to do, because you didn't pray, you didn't worship, but now you got to say, declare. You took authority over it. You not only spoke to it, but you flee that environment. Yes. To show that it wasn't, you know, oh, woe is me, I guess. I'm not ready. I'm thinking I might as well do it. No, 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 no. Because like you said four minutes ago earlier, as a man think of so is he. So you had to take the authority, the dominion, to subdue those thoughts. Mm -hmm. To let you know, <laughs> I'm out of that. That's it wasn't a part of you. So it had to leave you alone. That's it. That's correct. That's correct. You know, I can I can top that off by saying to love God is to. I heard it. Who said it? Hate evil. To love God is to hate evil. You can lay right there. And at this point, Cherise. At this point, when we begin to be buried, that's when he is coming now to make a home in us. See, I can be saved. I can be filled with the Holy Spirit. But man, when that character of the Spirit becomes the character of the soul, now he has come and built a home in you. Amen? Praise God. You guys enjoy this? Yeah. Awesome. Awesome. Any more questions? See, we took care of business tonight. We're going to go home five minutes early. <laughs> now, what y'all do is y'all tell, tell Lee next week or tell Gene. Gene's teaching next week. Look here. Carrie took care of business. He, we, were, we were out here five minutes early. <laughs> He's probably watching laughing at me right now. That's funny. All right. Can, I, can you stand? Well, we're supposed to do one, one quick song, right? You got me a song there, um, Therese. I love you guys, and I appreciate you staying and listening. I do. Thank you, Father. Huh? Um, I haven't decided yet. Um, yep. We had the last two months. It's been about. It's all about sex, and it's been interesting. Yeah, it's been interesting. Yeah, it was. Yeah, it was. <laughs> yeah. You know, I, you guys have heard this before. The biggest sex organ you have is between your ears. Where's my song? <laughs>